Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. My name is Pastor Jeremy. Today we continue the story of Abraham, whose name is still just Abram because God hasn't changed it yet in this story. Today we see Abraham, our father of faith, become overcome by fear and act on a lack of faith, and it is bad. Like the house is on fire bad, and there's only one thing you can do when you're trapped on the second floor at the window and the house is fully engulfed because you caught it on fire and it's all gone up in flames. You could try to go back through the flames and the smoke, but that's only going to make matters worse. You're going to get hurt and be harder to rescue. But that is what we do a lot of times when we double down on our bad actions, deceptions to cover over other deceptions, and attacking others to try to make ourselves feel better, drugs and alcohol to cover our pain. No, you don't go into the flames and smoke. You must jump. You must jump and trust that someone is going to catch you. Thankfully, we can jump in faith and hope because our God catches us and he will heal us and he will secure us a better tomorrow. Today, some of you may need to stop trying to navigate the smoke and just get to the window and jump. So let's get to it and see what Abraham has done and how God rescues him. Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 10. Now there was a famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to reside there as an alien, for the famine was severe in the land. And when he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah, I know well that you are a beautiful, a woman beautiful in appearance. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that it may go well with me because of you, and that my life may be spared on your account. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. When the officials of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And for her sake, he dealt well with Abram. And he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female slaves, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? So that I took her for my wife. Now then, here is your wife. Take her and be gone. And Pharaoh gave his men orders concerning him. And they set him on the way with his wife and all that he had. Abraham's fear overcame his faith in God's promise. God had promised to make him into a great nation. He had promised to give the land of Canaan to his descendants. To let him die in Egypt would break those promises. But Abraham is lifted up in the Bible as an example of faith. He exhibits great faith in many times in his life, but he also has failures of faith. And this story reveals a big failure. God uses these stories of failure to encourage us just as much as he does the stories of victory. God is truly forgiving. He truly is gracious and merciful. He views us based on who Jesus made us, who we will be by the power of the Holy Spirit, not just our isolated failures. Now, this does not downplay our sin and failures. Abram is wicked and cowardly in this deception. 
denying God's faithfulness and treating his wife as a discardable object. While his sin has consequences, God preserves his promise and delivers Abram, Sarah, and Egypt from the consequences of wickedness. Faith means that we trust God's word. We believe what he says is true or will be true in the proper time. Understand his love, power, and faithfulness are greater than any challenge. When he says he will forgive, we believe him. When he teaches us the best way to live, believe him. When he calls us his children, believe him. True faith believes what he says, even when we don't understand it all. Even when it goes against our feelings and what everyone around us says. Questioning is not the antithesis of faith. You can have questions and still have faith. Sometimes you have questions and concerns, but trust God anyways, and that is when you exhibit the greatest faith. Questions are not the enemy of faith. Sin is. Sin is disobedience to God. Sin is the opposite of faith. Sin is when other factors like fear or desire get bigger or stronger inside your mind and heart than your belief and trust in God's words. When fear or desire overcome your faith in what God has said to the point that you act on it, that is sin. Our sin has consequences. We must not grow complacent with it or downplay it. God loves you and he wants your good and he, he loves those around you and he wants their good. And when you disobey him, it has dire consequences. That is when relationships and families are broken, our minds are damaged, people get hurt and we're separated from God. In this case, Abraham's sin separated him from his wife, causing a rift in their relationship and brought plague on Egypt. Now, don't fall into the mistaken view that Pharaoh and Egypt are innocent casualties of Abraham's sin. A Pharaoh would take any woman he wanted and add them to his harem. While Pharaoh does seem to pay Abram a dowry, this is still an abduction and not of Sarah's free will. We don't know how Pharaoh learned of Abram's deception, but he does. Now, I know it sounds crazy, but this isn't the only time this situation plays out in Abraham and Sarah's marriage. In Genesis chapter 20, eight chapters later in this story, this same situation will play out again with another king named Abimelech. I guess that ruse kept Abram alive the first time, so he tried it again, running back into the fire that God had already rescued him from. Once again, God afflicted them with a plague. In this case, the Bible records that God came to Abimelech in a dream and stopped the situation from spiraling out of control. Now, this may have been what he did with Pharaoh as well. Lies cause damage. They often seem harmless, but they have consequences. Lying is a very clear symptom of faithlessness. Our lies, just like Abraham's, are told of fear. They're spoken to escape danger or to get something you want. In either case, it is a lack of faith. You either fear or you want something, and instead of trusting God to deliver you, you take it into your own hands. Go a pathway contrary to what he has taught and lie. Sometimes the faith we need is to believe that God knows better than I what I truly need, what is truly to my good. In this case, we must trust his wisdom and goodness. Take into consideration Jesus' teachings in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and following in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. 
What you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who seek all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. To bolster our faith and overcome fear and temptation, we must regularly refocus our minds on the faithfulness of our God and his promises. Bible reading, prayer, and gathering with the church are the three best ways to anchor our minds and hearts in God's faithfulness. I recommend Paul David Tripp's morning devotional, New Morning Mercies, as well. It's great short readings to get our minds focused. We need to remind ourselves regularly throughout the day of God's character, His promises, and His faithfulness. This is the best weapon against faltering faith and temptation. Jesus uses the birds and flowers to remind us of God's care, and then he ends with the line, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So don't worry about your fears or your needs. You just worry about God, his greatness, and following his ways, and he will take care of you. In this event, Abraham endangered the plan of God. God had already told Abraham that he would make him a great nation, which necessitates children, which he doesn't have. So he's not going to die. God's plan will not fail, even when we threaten it. Our failures do not negate God's promise, nor his love for us. God still uses and works through Abraham. Moses murders a man, and God still uses him to free his people from slavery and lead them to the promised land. King David called the man after God's own heart, committed adultery, and then murdered the woman's husband to cover his sin. Peter denies Jesus three times. Paul was in uh, in on the murder of Christians before being saved. Know that God does not define you by your failures. He sees our hearts that have been born again, reflecting Jesus. He knows we are growing into it and that the Spirit will complete the work in time. If he calls you a son or daughter, if he tells you that you're redeemed, forgiven, empowered, if he calls you to serve, tells you he is going to use you, believe what he says. Have faith that God's love, his power, his grace are more than your failures, your sins, and your weaknesses. So stand up. Put your faith in God and follow Jesus where he is leading you in the power of the Holy Spirit. Like Abraham, we will fail. At times, our faith will fail the test. And when that happens, confess it to God. Commit to be better. And praise God for Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. 1 John 1, 5-10 speaks to these truths. This is the message we have heard, John writes. From him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in the darkness, 
We lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not within us. We need to make confession a regular part of our lives. It is healthy to identify and discuss our failures with God. It is also beneficial to talk our, through our failures with other people, whether it be a fellow believer here at church, a friend, or going a step farther to a counselor. This is corrective and healing for us as Christians. Discussing our failures with God in prayer allows us to learn from it, to commit to the way of Jesus in the future, and to praise God for his work in the cross and the resurrection. He died to pay the penalty for our transgressions against God. While we do suffer the earthly consequences of our sin, thanks to Jesus, we do not suffer the ultimate consequences because Jesus took those on himself. He forgives us and gives us a new life. He gives us the Holy Spirit to teach us and enable us to grow into who he has made us to be. The process of correcting and healing from failure all begins with confession. Start by confessing and then walk with Jesus, a stronger, healthier follower. Your faith may have failed. It, it may be time to jump because the house is burning down around you. Either way, no matter where you find yourself, trust God's words because they are the only solid foundation there is. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, my name is Pastor Jeremy. We'd love for you to go to our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Uh, there you can learn more about our church. Uh, you can listen to our midweek focuses and past sermons. Uh, you can also click give and be able to give to support our ministry. Once again, that's www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. We'd love you, for you to click on the Contact Us button and let us know how we can pray for you, uh, that you're listening, and, and just to be a part of what we're doing. We'd also love to see you on Sunday mornings at 10.50 a.m. Uh, you can come and join us for our worship gathering. We would love to have you. We are on Main Street in Stanford, Kentucky, right beside the courthouse. Hope that you have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.